the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Al Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, joining you this afternoon on this beautiful Saturday, December 14th, 2019. And it is a beautiful day out there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, this is this is the Chamber of Commerce weather that uh, we talk about here in San Antonio because it's a real gorgeous uh, Saturday afternoon. All right, folks, we've got a great show as usual. At least I hope it's good for you, uh, informative and entertaining. Um, we've got three guests with us today. We've got, uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Tom Holman, which, uh, who a lot of you already know from watching uh fox news he's on fox news constantly uh he's on the other networks as well uh but uh, they don't really really like him that much because he's so uh straightforward but uh he is the former ice director and he's gonna be talking to us about uh sanctuary cities and uh the headache that they are creating we um we're, we've got an update on on uh on the city of boston in a little bit uh news item uh that we'll share with you but tom's going to be on it in a little bit also, we've got Mr. Dave Ray from FAIR, the um, Federation for American Immigration Reform, and he's going to be chatting with us um, uh, from uh, Arizona, the Arizona-Mexico border. He's been down there on an assignment uh, to uh, because the cartels have picked up their activity in that area, apparently. So he's going to be chatting with us about what's going on right there at that border in Arizona, New Mexico. We also have, um, and, and this is very, very, uh, you know, a, a very, very uh, touching, informative interview that we're going to have with Ms. with Constable Wayne Thompson from Fort Bend County here in Texas. Uh, Fort Bend County is an uh, is a suburb of of Houston, and uh, we're going to be talking with him regarding the recent shootings of police officers, uh, not only in Houston but in other cities. I, I want you to know that in the past, in the past week, my friends, the past week, the past actually about ten days. Um, we have had five police officers killed in the line of duty, shot, shot in the line of duty. Most recently, uh, there was one that was killed in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, the uh, the the uh, detective Joseph Seals uh, with the Jersey City New, uh, Police Department. He was uh, shot on uh, on Tuesday uh, when there was that big gunfire, the the attack. Uh, by this uh, leftist group, this uh, these uh, black Israelites, as they called call themselves, uh, they attacked a Jewish uh, delicatessen, a Jewish store, and uh, <clears throat> I mean uh, five five police officers killed in the line of duty. Incredible! Just in December, my friends. Just in December, it it it, it it's mind boggling. It's to me, my friends, it's gut wrenching. I have several friends who are who are police officers. And uh, I, I have the utmost respect for them. And, uh, you know, when I hear this, uh, this type of situation, these guys are putting their lives on the line for us. I mean, they are literally protecting us. And uh, it really irritates the heck out of me when I hear somebody say, well, you know, some of them are not that good. Yeah, right. Some of us are not that good. Some people, but by far, by far, by and large, Police officers are good people, are stand-up good people, and I will—I I, I, I just cannot say enough about them. Uh, we'll chat a little bit more about that, but let's jump into some news. Um, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, in Boston, the city of Boston wants to strengthen 
uh, its sanctuary protections of illegal aliens. Can you believe that? They have a city councilman named uh, Josh Zackham who is proposing an amendment to the Boston Sanctuary City laws that would strengthen the protections for these illegal aliens. Uh, amazing, amazing. It, it, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, as it is, as it is, uh, the uh, the city of Boston doesn't cooperate with uh, with ICE, but here they're going to uh, strengthen it so that police officers uh, don't even ask people on the street, don't even ask people when they stop them, so that they will completely, completely uh, ignore any kind of of uh, ICE warrants or anything of the nature. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible what what they're trying to do. You know, these sanctuary cities, they undermine law and order. They encourage illegal immigration, and they endanger the, the citizens. That's what they do. That's what they do. Here in uh, in, in Texas, uh, <coughs> outgoing Will Hurd, the congressman uh, from uh, West San Antonio here, uh, he is proposing... Uh, a, a Marshall Plan for Se- Central American Nations, okay, so that we can stop the uh, the illegal immigration. He he proposed that last uh, November the ni- December the ninth. Now I, I would ask Mr. Hurd, uh, how much money does the United States does the taxpayer have to shell out to these foreign countries to these uh, triangle nations in Central America? How much money do we have to give them in order to keep them? Uh, from from sending their illegal alien uh, citizens to our to our border. I mean, wh- what is this a payoff? Don't we give them enough money when it comes to uh, when, when when it comes to foreign aid? Don't we give them enough money? You know, I, I'm I'm really really tired. You know, of this that that we have to shell out money every time that that something goes wrong in the world. We have to shell out money. It's like we've got to pay bribery or, or protection money. You know, we need to stop sending money to these corrupt, failed countries, uh, and instead we should use it to, to to protect our border and to punish illegal immigration. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do, my friends. Let me repeat that again. Instead of sending money to corrupt, failed countries, let's instead use it to protect our border and punish illegal immigration. How about that? You know, how's that for an idea? Then uh, we've got uh, figures. We've got the figures of uh, the illegal immigrant, uh, illegal alien apprehensions that have gone that uh, took place just in November, and there has been a significant drop. A significant drop, my friends. Uh, apparently, apparently, a lot of things are coming together, including the fact that uh, people uh, are recognizing that if they cr- come across the border illegally and they are apprehended. Uh, or if they come across the border and and claim asylum, they're not going to get released. They're not going to get released like they were. It's not a catch and release type situation anymore. They are uh, having to wait in Mexico uh, to come across. Of course, that's got that uh, has a lot of the liberal uh, organizations and the press just uh, having fits because it's not fair for them to be waiting in uh, in Mexico where it's dangerous, uh, supposedly, for them to come across the border. Uh, I guess they should be waiting here in the United States where they can disappear uh, like they have been in the past, disappear into the in, into the into society. So uh, the, the figures have dropped, my friend, the uh, the number of apprehensions uh, have dropped. Of course, they're exti- extremely high in my book. They are still extremely high. According to uh, Customs and Border Protection, uh, the total number of actions or apprehensions was 42 uh, 1,649 in, in the month of November. Uh, 42,000, and they, they, they consider that a drop. <laughs> I mean, really. My friends, you know, November oh, the November enforcement actions marked an 85% decrease of Central American families that were coming across. Fake families, I call them. Fake families. Of course, uh, you've got a situation in, in, uh, in Houston where this uh, kid... Uh, recently died of the flu, and of course it's our fault that he died of the flu. Um, and, and you know, incredible. Uh, let's go. Let's go real quick before we we, we close out this uh, opening segment. Uh, let me let me. Uh, five police officers were killed in the line of duty uh, past ten days. Uh, a, uh, Officer Billy uh, Fred uh, Curdy from Huntsville, Alabama. Um, Police Sergeant Kayla Sullivan from the Nassau Bay Police Department here in here in Texas. 
in, in, in Jersey City, Joseph Seals from Jersey City Police Department in uh, New Jersey. Uh, police officer Stephen Carr from the Fayetteville Police Department. And police sergeant here in Houston, uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, police sergeant Christopher Charles Lewis Brewster. All of them whites, okay? So when somebody talks to you about white privilege, think of the death of these five officers. That's white privilege, okay? That's white privilege. And it really angers the heck out of me when I hear people say, well, you know, it's white privilege. They have no idea what that means, my friends. Uh, it just is very, very, very irritating. It, it's, it's disturbing. It's sad. Five families have been affected just because they chose the line of duty to protect us. And people say, well, that, they knew what they were getting. No, no, no. They don't plan on getting shot. They don't plan on being murdered. And that's what happened here. They were murdered. My friends, I take my hat. I salute. I salute all law enforcement, whether it's on the border or whether it's on the streets. I salute you. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back with our first interview, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All right, folks, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got a good friend of ours who's been on before, uh, Mr. Dave Ray with the uh, Federation uh, of American uh, or for American Immigration Reform, FAIR, as we call it. Now, Dave uh, is usually in D.C., but uh, he's going to be talking to us from uh, from down the border, down in the uh, in the Tucson, Arizona area. So, uh, Dave, welcome to the show. What are you seeing? What have you found down there in uh, that border area? Well, uh, good to be with you again, my friend. It's always great chatting with you and your audience. Uh, so we've been here in Arizona for about a week now, and the reason we came out, George, is that we've seen examples over the last month or so of the Mexican... Sinaloa cartel really flexing its muscle and resulting, uh, you know, first in the assassination of nine Americans just south of Nogales, Arizona, and then again flexing its muscle just across the border in Texas and its recent assault on that Mexican city and its police officials. So we wanted to really ascertain, we had been hearing through the news media that Arizona was becoming the new target for illegal immigration and illegal drug smuggling, and we came here to see for ourselves what is going on, what is working, what isn't working. What is surprising is that the Sinaloa cartel is really flexing its muscle on both sides of the border. The people that they are bringing through, Central Americans are being charged up to $6,000 a person. Indians and other South Asians are being charged up to $20,000 a person. Now, you know, the, the cartels are not nice folks to deal with, and sometimes these folks are left to die in the desert or dropped off somewhere in, in the, the heat of Arizona and in the middle of the desert and end up perishing. Obviously, there's a big incentive economic in terms of pushing people and drugs into this country. So we examined border wall that has been put up over the last, several years, near two ports of entry. We found that the wall that was up was working well, that the Border Patrol agents were very happy with it. 
Uh, unfortunately, in some places, like the port of entry at Sassabee, Arizona, I mean, a very substantial, great-looking wall goes on for about 2.3 miles and then just ends, and it's connected to a rickety old barbed wire fence that's connected to the wall with a piece of rope. And, you know, what that says to us is that this wall is a good idea, but we need to fund it more and we need to get it built so that we can keep these. So, you know, that's where folks are coming in and uh, not, we're not putting up too much of a deterrent for that. Uh, so, the, you know, the Border Patrol understands how serious this problem is. And, uh, you know, Democrats are fighting President Trump tooth and nail on every penny he wants to spend on, you know, border enforcement. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, interestingly, we also spent some time with some sheriffs uh, in Cochise County. And uh, that's right there on the uh, Mexican border in southeast Arizona. It also is on the New Mexican border. And so they take up that whole corner of southeast Arizona, and the sheriffs told us uh, that there are many encounters with illegal aliens. The one thing that uh, they, they um, hear in nearly every example is that these illegal immigrants are, are trying to get to sanctuary cities. So if anyone ever wondered about whether or not sanctuary cities actually incentivize illegal immigration, wonder no more. Uh, these folks know that if you know, they're coming in, they are trying to not be detected. They are not seeking political asylum. They are dressed from head to toe in um, camouflage, even in the middle of the Arizona summer. And we know all this because surveillance cameras that are out in the desert by the uh, Cochise County Sheriff's, which I'll tell you about later. But but the point is, is that these folks want to come in. They want to come in undetected. And if they get to sanctuary cities, then they can basically operate at will here in the United States with uh, nobody knowing really that they're even in the country. So if they have any kind of criminal record or anything like that, we don't know about it because we don't even know they're here. Let, let me ask you, what, um, what, what is it that's encouraging the cartels? to go through uh, the Arizona route at this point? What is that, what, what is drawing them in that direction? Um, because obviously during the uh, caravans that were coming across, I mean, they were all uh, landing south of, uh, south of, the, uh, of the border here in Texas. Um, and, uh, you know, there were thousands of folks coming across at that point. Now uh, it seems like um, they're crossing and, you know, the concentration has now moved over to uh, Arizona. What is causing that? Well, one thing is obviously the cooling, uh, the cooler months make Arizona an easier target. But it's probably primarily the success of the Migrant Protection Protocol, the MPP, and that's the program set up completely by the Trump administration, whereby people who are coming into the United States and asking for political asylum, uh, were then having to wait in Mexico across the border until their cases came up. Came, uh, up. And because of that, there's those, the migrant protection protocol set up, uh, and most of those cities were across the border from Texas towns. Uh, the, the program really wasn't up and running here in Arizona. So they, they saw that a soft spot. You know, let's face it, our adversaries are very quick and very nimble, and they're driven by their lust for money. And so they're going to react quickly to what we do, and so we're going to have to react quickly to their response. And that's really what why Arizona has become the new ground central for illegal immigration, because there aren't very many towns across the Arizona border in Mexico where the migrant protection protocol has been used. Now, I know the administration is working on that, but I wanted to share one piece of good news with you, George. It seems like every time I talk to you, it's just dumping bad news on your lap. There was one piece of very positive news that uh, I saw yesterday, and it was in Cochise County. And uh, you had the sheriffs there. You know, let's face it, if illegal immigrants are streaming into your county at night, 
Uh, they're not coming with a lot of food, a lot of water, which means they have to break into people's homes. They have to bust water lines or what have you in order to, I mean, they're basically living off the land. And what that means is that they're living off your citizens. So it was in the best interest of the sheriffs to try and do what they could do to help in the immigration uh, problem. So they have put up in the areas where many of these illegal aliens are coming in up to a thousand well-hidden remote cameras and they so they can sit there and these are these are you know artificial ai you know so they can tell you the difference between if it's a jackrabbit walking by the the camera or a human being it gets a picture of the human being they know how many people are coming in the group which direction they're going and then they relay that information on to the border patrol uh that border patrol proceeds to uh, apprehend and uh and uh, uh, hold these folks for their hearings and then eventual deportation or removal from the country. So that's a great example of how state and local law enforcement uh, can really be kind of a force multiplier with the Border Patrol. I mean, these are the state and local law enforcement are the eyes and the ears uh, that are on the ground, that are protecting their communities. Nobody knows their communities like they do. And this is a great example of them really making a difference in protecting their citizens from criminal aliens and drug smugglers. Wow. I, it's, you know, uh, your, your comment earlier about the sanctuary cities drawing them, um, you know, uh, it, it really, we, we've seen so many instances or incidents lately where, um, you know, a, a criminal uh, or somebody that has a re- an arrest record has been um, turned loose and either commits another crime or takes off across the border. Uh, it, it, what do you foresee, if anything, for the future of these sanctuary cities? Well, the Trump administration has moved in the, you know, sanctuary laws are a clear violation of federal law. Section 1373 in the Immigration uh, Title Eight, Section 1373 of the Immigration Nationality Act, but um, you know it is illegal to in any way stop the free flow of communication uh, or information between state and local law officials and federal immigration enforcement. What that means in, in plain terms is that you know these. Um, orders that uh, local sheriffs aren't allowed to talk to ICE or aren't allowed to communicate with ICE and respect detainers, that's all a violation of federal law. The Trump administration has moved uh, to crack down on these cities, to claw back some of the federal funds, but that's now all tied up in the courts. And so I think the, the, the law is clearly on the administration's side. If the president gets another four years, these lawsuits will probably come to fruition. These sanctuary cities will um, either stop being sanctuary cities or will lose some of their federal funding, and that will be that. But, you know, um, why it's important for FAIR to, to take these trips to the border, George, is, you know, a lot of what we hear and see through is through the, the very biased lens of the mainstream media through the filter of the of the media right <laughs> yeah the corporate media has its opinions on immigration and they don't really line up with the way you and i see this issue reality but but um you know i thought by and large that people were coming in to the united states solely seeking asylum that when they saw Border Patrol agents, they actually ran to them. I want political, you know, that's the only way you can get asked for political asylum is if you're apprehended. Uh, That's not what's going on here in Arizona. What's going on here in Arizona is that these folks are coming in, and we see this because of the cameras on the ground, and they have thousands of pictures of these folks. They're coming in. And they are camouflaged from head to toe. They do not want to be seen. They know that no, that we have no idea they're in our country. They're not in any database anywhere. If they get apprehended, then they become part of a database. And somewhere down the road, a federal officer could come across them and remove them. If they can come in here, be completely undetected, and, and find a sanctuary city, then they can 
theoretically spend the rest of their lives there living and working uh, without any regard to the fact that they jumped their, their um, place in line, that they are uh, living in this country illegally, that they might be a threat to the public. We don't know who these folks are. Not all of them are criminal aliens, but certainly some of them are. And most of us wouldn't want to allow criminal aliens into our homes. It makes it very, very dangerous for us. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that is the bottom line. And it's not acceptable. And so, uh, um, you know, that's that's why we really need to crack down on these sanctuary policies, because right. they are clearly incentivizing illegal immigration. Uh, we've only got a few more seconds, uh, Dave. Can... can uh, uh, tell us, tell us how uh, we can follow, or how the pe- people can follow uh, your uh, your commentaries, your writings, and fair. How they can support fair as well. Yeah, sure, sure thing, George. Uh, fair is the nation's oldest and largest immigration watchdog group. We've been uh, at this now for forty years. We're based in Washington D.C. Our website is fairus.org. On Facebook. It's just FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform, F-A-I-R, or on uh, Twitter, it's hashtag FAIR Immigration. We are educating the public. We're a 501c3 charity. All donations are tax-deductible. Don't be shy with your funds, but join FAIR and join the fight to regain control of our country. Thank you very, very much. Stay safe down there, buddy, and let's get you back on uh, to chat some more. Oh, absolutely. Love doing your show, George, anytime. And you have a great uh, rest of your week, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, folks. Once again, George Rodriguez at Conservador talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got a very special uh, guest with us, uh, Mr. Tom Holman, who uh, was the uh, is the former uh, ICE director and uh, very well known personality. Now we see him on Fox News and other places uh, a lot. And uh, I wanted to get uh, Tom to uh, tell us uh, about uh, what what his thoughts are about these uh, latest situations with uh, with sanctuary city. Policies that are uh, messing people's lives up. The one in in Philadelphia, where the uh, where mayor where the mayor proclaimed that he was welcoming all uh, immigrants, and then uh, a uh, an illegal alien is released and um, is arrested for molesting a, a child. And uh, then there was another one in uh, in, uh, in Oregon where uh, a person uh, was released and. Uh, promptly headed across the border, and then they find out later on he'd murdered somebody. So, uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Um, tell us, uh, what, um, how can we deal with these sanctuary cities, and uh, you know, you know, what needs to be done? What can be done about this situation? Well, your, your listeners need to vote, and uh, people need to get out there and vote these politicians out that put their political interests ahead of their community safety because the politicians they'll tell you that sanctuary city policy they claim their whole mantra is uh, it protects immigrant communities and they want immigrants to feel welcome to come report crimes to the police and not lose the trust between immigrant community and police so they want sanctuary city policies to tell the immigrant community we don't work with ICE at all so you're safe but that's so far from what's actually happening it's, it's, it's very untrue because let me tell you what sanctuary city policies actually do Sanctuary city policy, when you release a criminal alien from a, from a jail, the, the data clearly shows they're likely to reoffend. If you look up, anybody can Google recidivism rates. 50% of the criminals re, will recommit an offense within a year. Up to 75% will recommit an offense within five years. So when you release the criminal alien back to the street, they're likely to reoffend in the very community in which they live. And so that so sanctuary cities actually put the immigrant community at greater risk of crime. What it also does is if ICE can't arrest the bad guy in the jail, then that means they have to go to the community and find them. When they go into the immigrant community to find them, chances are he's going to be with others, others that weren't even on the radar that now have to be arrested because ICE is standing there and they're right there, you know, eye to eye with ICE. 
So what sanctuary cities done? They put the community at greater risk of ice arrest. They put the immigrant community at greater risk of crime. And I told every politician I've ever debated on this issue, if you went and had a town hall in the immigrant community and asked them one simple question, would you rather have ICE operating in your jail or in your neighborhood? What do you think they're going to say? Because immigrant communities, even though it's the illegal immigrants might you know, violate the federal law by entering the country illegally, illegally, actually here, a majority of our law abiding, they, they're trying to support the families. I get it. They don't want child predators released in their neighborhood either. They don't want somebody who's been convicted DUI 10 times in their neighborhood either. All ICE is asking for, or a sanctuary city, is let us in the jail to talk to somebody we have probable cause based on fingerprints is in the country illegally. You've already arrested them. You already locked them in a jail cell because you think he's a public safety threat. So before you release them, let us talk to him because we may want him. And not only remove him from the community where he can't reoffend, remove him from the country. Cops should let cops do their jobs, and that's what we're asking. The uh, you know I, I remember when I was in, in D.C. that uh, when I was living in in D.C. that Langley Park, Maryland. Uh, had a growing, now it's really, really huge, but it had at that point a growing Salvadoran population. Uh, recently, the MS-13 folks have been very, very active there. And just like you're pointing out, they've been active in victimizing the uh, the Hispanic population, which uh, includes uh, a lot of illegal aliens in that area. Yeah, see, that's what, that's what the politicians won't tell you, that these criminals, they'll prey upon the illegal immigrant community because they think they're going to be afraid to report crime. And let me tell you something. They said, well, we don't want ICE to be involved with victim witnesses. ICE doesn't care about the victim witnesses. We don't, we're not looking for them. We're looking for the person you arrested and put in a jail cell. So unless you're, you're arresting the victim, we don't even know they exist. So it's all false narrative being pushed. And let me use one example. You just give one example. Let me give you another example. Montgomery County, Maryland, last month, in the last two months, they've had nine rapes by illegal aliens. Seven of the victims were within the immigrant community. So tell me how that sanctuary policy protected that immigrant community. Because now there's seven little girls whose lives will never be the same because they chose politics over community safety. That's exactly right. I mean, that that's where they end up going into the. Uh, that's where they hide in plain sight when uh, in, in in the Hispanic communities, which mainly uh, that's where the, where the illegal aliens are. So, so Tom, uh, you know, voting these characters, these the politicians out, uh, that's great. But there's a lot of also talk about uh, the president uh, cutting back on federal uh, on federal funding. Do you think that'll ever happen? Yes, I do. Sanctuary City, like the, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions, tried to take their funding away in uh, district court. Of course, the Ninth Circuit is always they said can't do it. But DOJ, Department of Justice, has appealed that case. And they'll appeal to the highest court. They'll appeal to the Supreme Court, and and they'll win because you know I, I think it's just common sense would tell you that you know you, for instance scat funding. This is a uh, scat funding is the funding the DOJ gives to local jails and local communities to help reimburse them for the cost of of detaining illegal aliens. Because the federal government says, okay, well, how many illegal aliens did you detain in your county jail this year? So let's let's give you some money to help defray the cost. And, and that just makes sense. So if they arrest illegal, if they arrest someone here illegally, it's just my name, Tom Holman, here illegally, and I get arrested. And they put their hand out to the federal government, they pay us for helping detain this person. But I won't turn him over to ICE. I release him to the community. And he gets and he gets rearrested back in my county jail. And I hold my hand out again, tell the federal government, please pay me for this. It doesn't make sense. We keep paying for the same inmate over and over and over again. If they would have gained to us, we would have been out of the country. So I think DOJ will win this uh, on appeal, and we can hold them accountable. Until then, every victim of a criminal alien that gets released from a jail or sanctuary city, I would urge the victim of those crimes to sue their local politician, whoever created those policies. So they hold them, hold them liable. You know, like, I was director of vice. I got sued all the time, even though you know I, I wasn't involved with decisions, every decision in the field. I got sued a lot. So, you know what? People need to take their hand. You know, if, if, if you're a victim of a crime by somebody that's an illegal alien that you know ICE tried to put their hand on and the local politicians want to allow it, then take judicial action. But I think the biggest issue is, 
in 2020, we need to, you know, revoke the right people who believe in not only securing our border, but enforcing our immigration law. If we don't enforce immigration law, we're never going to have a secure border because in sanctuary cities are big in basement. You know, a smuggling organization makes sure they'll say, look, I'll smuggle you to Chicago for $5,000. And uh, even if you get arrested, they don't work with ICE. So sanctuary cities are going to become over, over, um, uh, overpopulated with illegal aliens. They don't go to that city because they got, they got this false sense of safety that they won't be turned over to ICE. And it's really unfortunate because if you look at what ICE does, you know, 89% of everybody ICE arrests has a criminal history or, or a criminal conviction. And those that don't, the non-criminals, most of them are what we call collateral arrests. We find them when we're out looking for a criminal. Do you know where, where, where most collateral arrests happen? Where? Sanctuary cities, because we're forced <laughs> into neighborhoods when we find collateral arrests. So if they really care about the immigrant community, these politicians, if they really meant what they said, protect immigrant communities, they will want to work with ICE to help protect immigrant communities. Well, yeah, yeah, and the other thing is is the extreme disrespect for law enforcement, uh, particularly ICE at this point, you know, not to mention police officers in general, but uh, uh, the extreme disrespect that there is for ICE uh, at this point. I mean, the the, the screams from folks like Ocasio-Cortez about abolishing ICE uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't help the narrative uh, for the public. You had the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, when when President Trump said he wants to do a nationwide operation, look for these family groups that got who had their due process been ordered and moved by a judge and failed to leave. Nancy Pelosi's telling people how to evade ICE arrest and how to not cooperate. Yet Mayor of, of, of Chicago and various mayors across the country and other politicians saying. Don't cooperate with ICE. We're not going to cooperate with ICE. And here's, you don't have to open your door. It's just it's astonishing that here's the here's the, the, the Speaker of the House, a lawmaker, telling people not to obey the law. These people had due process at great taxpayer expense. This country spends billions of dollars a year on border security, pension, immigration court. And in the end, if a federal judge says you got to leave, if that order, if that decision doesn't mean anything and isn't carried out, there's no integrity in the entire system. Just take all the border changes off the border and let everybody in. Because we have no law anymore if, if there's no consequence. And if you're found here illegally in order removed by a federal judge, if we don't make that happen, then what, then what the hell are we doing? So I, it amazes me. you got Speaker of the House telling people ignore the law. And the mayor of Chicago, can I not pay my parking tickets in the city of Chicago? <laughs> she seems to think we can pick and choose what laws we obey and what laws we don't. So maybe I'll go to Chicago and not pay my parking fees. I get a parking ticket, I won't play it, because you know, I'm going to pick and choose that I don't obey that law. It's just not, it's, it isn't common sense. It's not what this country built on. The laws are there for a reason. They must be obeyed. Wow. Anything else you'd like to share with us before we, we close, uh, Tom? No, I can go for another hour. You, can, <laughs> you know, you know I, we have I, the right president in there is, is taking this bull by the horns. The numbers on the border right now are down 65%. Not one single help from Congress. He did it on his own, thinking out of box, threatening Mexico, threatening Mexico tariffs. Now the cartels, we got to take care of the cartels. But look, we got the right guy in office. Not only did he talk to talk like every president of the workforce talked to talk, this president's walking the walk. So I, I appreciate him being there. Excellent, excellent, Tom. Thank you very, very much. And 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 I personally want to thank you for for uh, being such a, a a great voice uh, for uh, for law enforcement for for. Uh, uh, immigration law enforcement. I really, really appreciate that. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you what's really going on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good one, buddy. Okay, bye-bye. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we were just chatting with uh, our good friend Tom Holman, the former uh, ICE director. Uh, excellent, excellent individual. We'll be right back. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, 
Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we've got uh, one of our special guests here uh, who's been on the show before, but it's been some time since we talked to him. We've got uh, Constable Wayne Thompson from Fort Bend County, Precinct 3. And uh, Fort Bend County is uh, right outside of Houston, right next door to Harris County. Uh, In fact, some of Houston goes into Fort Bend County, I believe. (laughs) And um, I wanted to reach out to to, uh, the constable because... Um, we, uh, had a tragic, as many people know, we had a tragic shooting, the murder of a police officer, uh, by a gang member in Houston. And, uh, on top of that, not only did we have that, but then we've had the police chief, Art Acevedo, uh, of Houston coming out and blaming the gun, demanding, uh, calling for gun control, uh, when at the same time, there's been a lot of uh, liberal policies in Houston that we know of, a lot of uh, uh, lowering of, uh, of uh, 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 offenses that have, uh, in my opinion, kind of contributed. But I wanted to, uh, to talk to the, uh, to the constable, and since he's right next door to Houston, in fact, he gets a lot of, uh, of the problems from Houston in his community. Constable, welcome to the show. Are you staying safe, I hope? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for having me back on the show, and uh, it's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'd first like to obviously extend uh, my condolences to all the law enforcement officers, uh, families, and departments that have lost those in the line of duty and those that have been lost this week. Yeah, we've had a lot of them. Let's, let, in fact, let's talk first about this, uh, this war on, on law enforcement, because the uh the death toll the the, the number of, of officers that have been killed so far in the line of duty with gunfire i mean with gunfire we're talking, we're not talking about people that have been stabbed or run over or anything of the nature with gunfire is up to 41 uh which you know and uh, i believe it's uh on pace to uh, outdo last year um it certainly could uh, uh, how bad is it how bad is the disrespect for law enforcement right now well, I think we certainly see it, and, and we see it increasing. And, uh, you know, I think this this starts uh, with a breakdown in the home and with families and with discipline. Uh, you know, I've always told people that you've you got to uh, teach your children in the high chair, not the electric chair. And I think we've seen a, a degradation of uh, respect for authority, if it's police officers or teachers or parents. And uh, so I, I see this as a growing trend, and, and certainly cops are uh, in the line of fire, and well, it's, it's not getting any better. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're in the front lines for this for this stuff. Now, now tell us about this uh, unfortunate incident with the gang member uh, having a gun, and then on top of that, uh, the, the, the police chief, the Houston police chief, Art Acevedo, uh, coming out and saying um, that uh, we need better gun control. interviewed me before i'm a uh, uh just a, a hard fast supporter of the second amendment and uh as a law enforcement officer and military veteran uh you know first and foremost i think the laws that we have on the books should be enforced and they should be enforced vigorously uh, i think we should uh, put harder penalties on those crimes of gang members uh we need to definitely secure our border which you know that has been in process thank goodness since uh president we have in office right now has made that a priority but it's still a long process and you know i have to say i respectfully disagree with the chief of the houston police department on his stance uh it's not the guns that do it and if anyone follows me on social media uh or listens to previous interviews they know what i'm going to tell them which is it's not the guns that kill us people and this world is filled with evil and they're filled with evil people and if they can't do it with a gun, they're going to do it with a knife. And if they can't do it with that, they'll find a baseball bat or a car. And, and you know, the gun is a tool. And just like anything else, being in the tool of the wrong hands 
leads to bad things. And uh, it, it is it is not the gun or guns that do it. And uh, we, we've got to recognize that and deal with the actual problem itself. Yeah, I mean, all we have to do is look last week uh, at what happened in London. You know, the the attacks with the knives, and not only that, previous attacks with cars that have uh, occurred. So uh, I think you're very, very correct in that in that uh, assessment. Yeah, absolutely. You, you listed several examples. We've had some in the Houston area where box cutters, uh, you know, a few years ago at, at a local community college, a student used a box cutter to cut nine people that, you know, had to be lifelighted. This wasn't superficial cuts. So uh, that can happen very, very quickly, you know, and uh, uh, it, it is uh, uh, certainly other tools can be used to cause damage, but um, guns are not going away. We have a, a constitution that um, defines our right to have those firearms as a citizen, and I support that fully. I want good guys to have guns because the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun and i know that phrase is used constantly but it is the truth uh you know there's only about seventy-seven thousand peace officers in texas that are licensed uh there's fewer than that working but if you look at the population of texas or any state versus the uh current active law enforcement officers you're going to see that that's not enough we need lawfully armed citizens to back us up and when a crime occurs, law enforcement's not going to be there in 60 seconds or a minute, two minutes, three minutes. It's going to take five or six minutes. So you've got to be your brother's keeper. You're your own best defense. And I want people to get the training to handle the guns safely and properly, but to be able to defend themselves. Now, in, in the issue, in the arena of, uh, of, of law enforcement, um, uh, getting back to the disrespect, have you seen a problem with, with trying to uh, recruit uh, and retained and retained uh, officers because of the perception of disrespect and and uh, the attitude against them. I think uh, it's a combination of that and also uh, you know we we know what happened in in Missouri and some of these other areas where there have been publicized cases of law enforcement that have had to use deadly force to subdue uh, violence and uh, they've been persecuted. And sometimes their district attorney's office have, have even been the ones to file charges. Uh, and you look what they go through when they're defending the, their own lives and the lives of others. And you look at the scrutiny and the uh, um, what occurs sometimes a civil outrage in the area. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Officer Darren Wilson in, in Missouri. And you look at what he's been through, and ultimately he did the right thing and followed the law, but... When people are coming in the job field and, and they see that occurring and then they see the disrespect on top of that, absolutely, I think it's a factor in recruitment. I, I think people are going to tend to go other places. You know, they might choose the, the oil field or to be a firefighter, and I don't blame them. Yeah, there was, uh, I, I know that um, that uh, presidential candidate um, uh, Julian Castro from San Antonio has uh, proposed that um, the uh, officers be liable directly uh, rather than the uh, jurisdiction for any uh, for any lawsuits i mean that i mean that that that's devastating in that aspect of it that's outrageous and um, we, we certainly can't have that you know the the percentage of uh, law enforcement that acts inappropriately with force or deadly force is so small and uh, and that's one reason why it makes the news. If it if it was really occurring every day, it wouldn't be news. And um, Some, you know, so many times we see that uh, that that scrutiny they're under such scrutiny, and we should be in that regard. But but uh, the media sometimes will come out too soon, or, or public officials, elected officials, will make comments uh, that maybe uh, they they shouldn't. And I and I. I think that the chief made a mistake in his comment, and uh, you know I don't think that um, uh, he was appropriate or correct in that statement, uh, and and I totally disagree with it. Yeah, the automatic blaming of uh, of law enforcement or uh, and a gun. I mean, it just uh, it, it's it, it's become it's become automatic rather than than uh, anything that that's actually thought through, uh, constable. Here at the end, we've only got a, a, a minute left, but uh, what would you advise folks? I mean, do you have any kind of advice for folks regarding, uh, regarding uh, 
public safety and, and uh, law enforcement at this point? Absolutely. Um, you know, get out there and support your local law enforcement. Get, get out there and let them know you love them. Reach out to them. And also, just remember, you're your own best defense. Get trained. Find a tool. If it's not a firearm, you know, get, get a baton or something you can lawfully carry and, and learn to use it because you're going to have to defend yourself, your family, probably a neighbor or friend. Uh, we see the type of shootings that are occurring these days with these mass shooting and, and mass homicides. And uh, even here at the Naval Air Station recently, uh, you've you got to be able to protect yourself. So reach out to your law enforcement, let them know you love them, and also make sure you're a trained, a trained individual. That's, that's very good. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us, Constable. You stay safe, okay? Thank you, sir. My dear friends, thank you for being with us on this uh, show today, on uh, this uh, beautiful Saturday. Uh, I really, really want to appeal to folks uh, to uh, support us. Uh, to let us uh, know how uh, you're enjoying the program. Uh, more than anything else, uh, you know, buy my book. <laughs> keep me. We, we, need, we need the funding so that we can keep um, uh, our, our programming. Uh, we also uh, ask you, you know, invite me to come speak at your events. I'll be glad to. The other thing I def- definitely want to uh, request is donations, uh, support in the form of donations for our uh, our programming it's self-supported we uh, don't have sponsors because we don't want to be victimized by leftist boycotts of uh, of of our sponsors if uh, they're going to boycott anything they can boycott the show they can boycott me <laughs> so uh, my friends thank you very much for joining us today uh, stay safe and by all means my friends let's keep the fire of freedom burning Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Take care. Till next time. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, Please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.